This is the Business Tech Playbook, your source for IT help for your business. BJ, I'm ready to talk hardware. Oh, baby. You know it. We love talking about hardware. We're IT guys. We just love selling things. I mean, uh, we love uh, equipment. I want to be that something, guy something, that, server room. that leads over a server and just looks at it like I just changed its oil. I want to be that guy someday. Oh, you... What are, you, what are you talking about? I think you are that guy, right? Hey! Or... hey fun fact for the listeners, uh, you can fun actually fact. submerge your entire computer in mineral oil if you want to be that you guy. You sure can. I I'm have, not going to suggest you do that, but you can. I have um, made an aquarium computer where you put all the computer components inside an aquarium and fill it with mineral oil, uh, oil and then put fake fish and you know, plastic plants. It's a lot of fun. All right. All right. Don't recommend it for business, but I'm your host, Rob Zolson. And I'm your host, BJ Pote of eTop Technology, and we're here to talk to you on our Business Tech Playbook podcast. Quick recap of the topics we're going to cover. Uh, this podcast, again, is intended for you, the listener, hopefully some sort of uh, business owner, uh, C-level executive, manager, someone that has to make business decisions with IT that might not be fully trained in it, and we're here to demystify and make it a little easier on you. So going through this topic of what hardware to select, we're going to go through a few different categories on how we select hardware. Number one, uh, what are the needs? That's probably bar none the best one. Compatibility mm-hmm. with what you're using ex- in the field for software. Performance and specs. We'll get a little nerdy with you. Talk about how fast our computers are. Just you know? just a little bit. We want. Oh, be careful talking about how fast computers get because then we can start deep diving really fast. We're going to show our PC master race skills. Oh, uh, We're going to talk about longevity and durability, cost versus value, how secure these systems are, support and warranty, scalability, ease of use, integrating with existing systems so they can play nice with others, and even the hippies' uh, energy efficiency scores. We might cut that. Be careful, you know. We'd we'd want to be at the end of the day. Like it's if we can save a little energy, you know, you have more money to buy things that you like. It's so and depending hard. on who you're talking to, that could be guns or a Tesla. Or in some cases, that could be one person that gets both of those. It's so, so. hard for me to integrate with this California <laughs> lifestyle. I'll get there. Don't you worry. Ar- Arnold <laughs> Schwarzenegger will be like, with me. It's okay. I mean, it, we're, we're, we're kind of on like the, uh, the edge of the metro. So we're, we're pretty country out in our part of Southern California. Quick tangent before we dive, deep dive into okay, this. Okay, tangents. All right. Who who's who in their prime would have beat, uh, beat like Jesse Ventura or Arnold Schwarzenegger? Come on, who who would have won? Just just curious. Good gracious! You know Dwayne Minnesota versus California. <laughs> oh, in that case, definitely Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> well, I'm so sorry you're wrong. Uh, moving on. <laughs> uh, All right. So talking about hardware. We define hardware choices for our customers, give recommendations, and we supply computers. If you're listening to this and you're the decision maker, the first step is stop going to Walmart. Quit buying retail computers with, from a place that was intended for grandma to find a solitaire machine. That's exactly what you're purchasing. So when you look for a business computer and you have an expectation of, well, I just bought one for my kid for like 300 bones, it's not going to be the same hardware at all. It's not going to do the job. They were intended to be maybe a Black Friday special that'll only last a year. It's just not the hardware you want to be in. So stop purchasing retail. Find some sort of dealer, whether it be Lenovo, HP, Dell. Find a business-grade hardware. They have a specific business line, and you think it's just a name. It isn't. 
Generally, those come with warranties. They're specced to be left on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They are graded with all of that in mind for your business and business purposes. So stop exactly. that immediately if you're doing it. Places we don't recommend going to, Best Buy, Walmart, Micro Center might be okay, but they're again, they're carrying gaming grade equipment, which is fine if you're a gamer or if you're doing a very specific business case. But for most people, you're really going to want to sit in like Dell Optiplex or Dell Latitude. Those are going to be their normal business pieces of equipment. If you're an engineer, you're going to go with Dell Precision. I'll be honest, I'm the most comfortable with Dell because that's what we primarily, well, that, well that's not primarily, that's what we resell. Exclusively. So I, I, it's exclusively what we sell. We have service other machines. Uh, BJ and I both have uh, longer IT careers, and we've seen and had our hands on pretty much every name brand of business uh, hardware, and mm -hmm. they all have issues. There's not a magic solution. We're not going to uh, sit here and tell you. Uh, again, we're not sponsored. We're not going to sit here and tell you that not Dell yet, is the number one oh, solution. Uh, <laughs> but we are going to tell you that Dell has a good track record. We have a lot of hardware with minimal issues. And most important, the number one thing for a business requirement is that warranty. The warranty that you can get 100% should be no less than three years. And that is parts and labor. That's how general warranties for business work. What you want from a business is that they will back that up or they can work with your IT team or manage IT services team to get that machine service when it goes down. And I was going to say, Dell, part of the big part of why we go with Dell is they have one of the best service networks for fixing equipment in the, in the country. Like, I don't even know who else I would use. Like Lenovo and HP both have service networks, but it's not nearly as robust or built out as Dell. Is Dell perfect? No, far from it. They have, they do have problems, but at the end of the day, it's a consistent known quantity that works right the vast majority of the time. I just dealt with a ticket today. Someone called in. They had a Dell uh, piece of hardware that was serviced for a five-year business warranty. That's what came with it. They were in the last year of the warranty, and their speakers burnt out. They couldn't hear anything for business meeting calls. They had to put special headphones on that they didn't want to use, and Dell immediately approved the repair. They sent the part next day and the tech was there the following next day as well. When the part arrived to repair it on site, which was not at a business location, it was at someone that was working from home. That is a response time to eliminate downtime as much as possible that you can't really get from most other companies. Well, and that's 100% why we recommend going down that road because a lot of our clients are so most of our clients are only about 30 to 40 miles from our office. So we do have the ability to take people on site, but it, it's going to give a far better outcome for us to have Dell go on site with a part. That's all they do is the hardware. We interface with a, the client to make sure that it comes back online and everything works. But like we're able to maximize our time and their time, not having to go hunt eBay for parts, not having to, like we just don't deal with it. It's not a big issue for us. And we don't have to send one of our engineers into somebody's home. We cuts down on drive time. It's really designed to keep our clients up and running. And that's a big part of why we, we for, every, for Dell, we, they have basic hardware warranty, which can include a person. They have pro support, which gets you immediately to a US-based 
representative. So you get handled a lot quicker typically. And then if you, for us, we do pro support plus on laptops and the pro support plus includes accidental damage where you can break a screen once a year and they'll replace it. Or you could, I think the only thing they didn't cover was somebody drove over it with their car. I've even seen where they yeet a laptop down the stairs and they'll still cover it. Uh, Now I'm not saying that they will, and I'm not telling you to yeet that laptop down the stairs. Yeah, please don't. Yeah. No yeeting allowed. That is uh, not recommended, but regardless of the name of the plan for warranty, do your homework because, again, those names change. They've changed for Dell over the years as well. So do the homework and see, does it have warranty is not good enough. What does the warranty do is the question, and that's why we say eliminate all retailers out of your vocabulary. If you go to Walmart, you might be lucky enough to find a computer that has a three-year warranty, but I guarantee you that warranty Mm -hmm. is trash. I had to sit with one customer and they waited three and a half months just to get the part. And then they had to go drive it three and a half hours to service center to go get fixed to sit there for another five days. It's not a warranty that is acceptable for business. If your user is down for any amount of time, that's dollars out your pocket. So we want to encourage uptime as much as possible. So if next business day, the tech's out there, that's a great response time. Well, exactly. And you figure... In California, I think the cheapest person you can hire is 50, what, 15, 50, 16 bucks an hour nowadays. And so if you have a person down for a day because a computer's out or it takes them a couple of weeks or so this is part of why we recommend having a spare or two on site. And it's also part of why we recommend having a really substantial warranty on everything because then it's, oh, shit, we don't have to go order a new laptop and have it shipped in. It's they're going to ship apart and they're going to come fix it. And again, it's not perfect. And sometimes it takes two or three or four days. Most of the time it takes one or two and it gets fixed. And again, that's a big part of why I think having a, a two or three spares on site makes a lot of sense. And that way, if it's an emergency, we can just switch people over to a new computer. Now, that's what works for us. We're focused as an MSP of making sure the up, uh, up to- or, excuse me, downtime is mm-hmm. at an absolute minimum. That's critical for Absolutely. us. And if uh, again, I live in Minnesota. I'm not by California, so we need someone to be on site to service. There are other options. Generally, the best in-class warranty that you'll see standard that might come with the hardware is five years. You can also purchase with uh, a a package that'll last that up to seven years. Dell does this. HP also does this. HP only does it on certain hardware. Dell does it on most all hardware. That seven-year warranty is crazy. Have you purchased a computer and thought to yourself, where are you going to be in seven years? Will this computer even keep up with it? So... Asking more than seven years is out of this world crazy. The only place I would ever recommend doing a seven year, and even then I wouldn't recommend it, is maybe a server. Because that use case for the server might not change as much. Uh, For end users, we typically, if it's a really big purchase and we're doing a lot of hardware movement at once, we might put them into a hardware as a service or a lease program with one of our finance partners. But then we match up the terms of the lease with the amount of years on the hardware. So if it's a three-year lease, we'll do a three-year pro support warranty. Pretty much anything that's bought one off from us, we're going to do a three-year pro support or pro support plus warranty because honestly, it should probably be replaced every three years, every five years tops. Too much is changing and the requirements are getting stronger. I mean, a computer five years ago is nothing compared to what that computer is now. So let's talk about the life cycle and uh, Mm -hmm. the refresh cycle, as we call in the industry. Uh, You said five years. Some people can Mm -hmm. do seven. If you do over seven, you're doing an injustice to your employees. 
period. I don't care if you got them a supercomputer and you spent, you know, seven grand on the machine. That's a dated machine that you've worked for seven whole years out of its life. It may be working. They may be able to turn it on. They may be able to load QuickBooks and do their job. But I guarantee you the efficiency that you're paying that person per hour to sit there and do their job slowly isn't worth keeping that machine in service. So if you Well, that's, yes, very much. I agree with what you're saying. Sorry, I interrupted. No worries. If you don't have a refresh policy where you intentionally go out and make sure that people have current softwares, start it. And accounting agencies encourage it because what they can do is that they have an established refresh cycle. They can depreciate the purchase of the hardware over the allotment of time. So let's pretend it's five years. You spent 500 bucks on the computer. Super low cost, by the way. This is an yeah, example. No, that's, it's more like two grand per computer is what let's, we would okay. figure. Okay, so two grand per computer uh, over five years. You know, you allot that in your booking and at the end of the five years, that is zeroed out and that's how they uh, balance the books. They love that practice. They love a planned obsolescence. Well, and it allows you to plan your cash flow more effectively if you start breaking your equipment into a one, you know, a five-year replacement cycle. And if, and ideally, the goal is not to have every single computer hit every single, or every five years. Right. We have one of our clients is a bigger law office, you know, sixty-something employees, and they're actually on one of our bigger refresh cycles because they did a really big swath of machines at the same time. But they're also doing a hardware as a service lease program so they keep paying that payment your you know your five month one and we walk in with all new equipment it's already it's already pre-done it's on the books it's pre-planned it's there they're already set up it's a wonderful already have the budget for it so like they're already they already have the budget set aside every single month that they're paying for to get this equipment replaced and if it's i said i was working with an engineering firm yesterday and they've got way too many computers for how many employees they have but it's okay like it's a it was their effort to deal with COVID and work from home. I get it. Like we all do what we need to do in the moment to keep business running, but they're getting to a point where they need to start transitioning everyone over to laptops and it would collapse them from around 65 endpoints to 35. It would be a lot less equipment to maintain. And now you're replacing, if you replace 35 computers over three years, that's what 11 a year. But if you're doing 65 over three years, now it's 20 a year. If you're doing it over five, I mean, you start playing with those numbers. Well, and an engineer is going to need a, maybe a three or $4,000 computer. So if you do 11 per year, that's 44,000 a year. But if you do 20 a year, I mean, you can do the math. So it's like, it's, you've got it and you've got to stay up on it because then you just keep building up technical debt, not ha- having this older and older and older equipment. And you know, a lawyer or an engineering firm, they're not paying their guys 15 bucks an hour. They're not paying their their attorneys or their engineers 20, 15, 20, 30 bucks an hour. They're they're in the 50, 60, 80, 100 dollar an hour range to spend a $3,000 computer on an employee you're paying 200,000 a year. That's a very small investment in keeping them operating at a peak efficiency. Right? So, moving aside from warranty, the hardware choice What we do in managed services is we understand that when we purchase a computer for a hire, we realize that that hire could easily, we, some people call it the uh, get hit by the bus theorem. They got hit by a bus. Now we have to replace the employee. That's a negative. We go win the lottery theory. They could win the lottery tomorrow. That employee might be gone and we have to repurpose the hardware. So the original idea that they hired that employee for maybe a secretary, something where they're just doing Word docs, suddenly we'd like to use that computer for maybe an engineer, or we'd like to use that computer for an accounting uh, firm, or wherever else that hardware is going to be repurposed in the, co- in the company. So we have a set standard, not only to meet the employee's needs that it's assigned for now, 
but also to mm -hmm. handle longevity. Because if that's going to last the five years that you had it built for, you know, we might seem like you're over-specking the machine, but trust me when I say this, in five years, it might be struggling at the end of the five years for all the updates, the changes, everything that's happened to the machine. It's like buying Boy, a four-cylinder car and you're trying to now drag race with it after it's gone 150,000 miles. It might be a little worn. It might not be the computer you needed it to be. Instead, we have a set standard. Uh, BJ, you're, I, I cut you off. Forgive me. You're good. Okay. So... <laughs> We typically have what we would call like an office worker standard, and then there's going to be like a power user standard. So for us, it, the power user standard is going to be a lot less frequent typically. So we're going to maybe do that a little bit more one by one. But when it comes to the average user, which is 95% you know, of our client base, we're going to go with a current generation i5 processor, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. I apologize for using terminology, but that just happens to be what it's called. Um, and this is to help you when you're trying to purchase, but there's going to be two flavors. So this is where you, in the right. podcast, where you grab a, a pen and paper and write this down. So you said uh, i5 current gen, so either 12th or 13th gen is what's out right now recording this podcast. Or Correct. the other flavor is an AMD processor, which is about, that you'll see Ryzen 5 will be the branding. 5500 will be about that same spec. If you see lower numbers uh, for that AMD, don't get it. If you see lower generation or i3 processor for Intel, don't get that. So just for clarity's sake, we're recording this in July of 2023. So if you're listening to this in a year or two, I'm not sure what the next version of Intel or AMD is going to be. But currently, Robbie's correct. I, the i5 13th gen is the, the most current one right now. They typically release one per year. So... In a couple of years, you're likely going to be dealing with a 14th or 15th gen. Intel is going through a big renaming because they like confusing their clients and their customers. But generally speaking, i5 is kind of like the best middle of the road performance for dollar. Uh, you can go i7 or i9, which is a lot more power, but also a lot more dollars. Uh, you can go i3, generally don't recommend. That's not uh, going to last your five to seven years for sure. You're going to have issues, and if you have to repurpose correct. for someone else, it's not going to work for you. So as a staple, stick to the i5, the Ryzen 5 5500, stay in that category. 16 gigs of RAM is what we do nowadays. That, I'm into that. The problem is, is people say, oh, that's a lot of RAM to use. Well, I don't know Not if you've even. opened Google Chrome or Microsoft Edge lately, <laughs> but it's like Pac-Man's gobbling all of it up. So if you have, if you want to work on more than one thing or do, two, do double monitors, just don't go anything lower than 16 gigs. And uh, I will argue till I am blue in the face that if you're going to pick a hard drive size, f 500 gigs or above. I, I will argue till I'm blue in the face, especially if you don't have a managed service company that's willing to go in and clean up the extra space and do the work to maintain that for you it the for longevity for the five to seven years we talked about 500 gig please solid state drive not mechanical it definitely i don't think i've bought a mechanical drive except for a server in five years you did i do have recordings of you talking about something something tape but <laughs> well i'm not saying we don't use tape for the right situation <laughs> i'm but, picking uh, on you i'm picking on you oh no i'm pretty sure it's a hot key on your uh your stream you know, like whatever. Yeah, if you're know, getting like a You're business... talking about 16 gigs of RAM. My laptop that I'm working on now is 32 gigs of memory and I'm sitting at 50% consumed. And you're doing a video call and have a worksheet open and maybe Google. I, I might have 30 or 40 tabs open in Microsoft Edge, <laughs> which is... There you go. Hey, hey, right? I mean... No judgment. 
Chrome Edge Chromium. I'm using two gigs of memory on just that. Teams is at you know 600 megs. I mean, you know, I'm at 16 gigs of consumed memory, and I'm hardly using it. Right. So to that point, i5, 16 gigs of memory. I would say for me personally, I generally go 256 gig solid state, but 256, 512. To me, it's kind of six of one, half dozen of another. I know Robbie will argue, you know, until he's blue in the face or red in the eyeglasses that, uh, sorry, he's, he's got red eyeglasses on right now. They're super cool. I'm just saying, I, I can I can go through that if you get to a 256 gig hard drive, you have it for five years, and you're going to have someone that's not a computer expert, and maybe they're saving in the incorrect spot, they're not putting it in the company drive. You're going to have to go clean it up sometime in its life, uh, lifetime. If you don't want to, get the five get the 500, man. There we go. Quick note uh, for confusion, because I know we're going to have questions. Solid state versus mm-hmm. mechanical. When computers for desktops came, uh, really uh, came to flourish for business, we have a disk that's just like a record player. It has a needle. It's going to read off the disc. It's a spinning piece of hardware. Anything that's mechanical like that will eventually burn out. And that's the number one thing to fail in a computer is the hard drive if it, if it is mechanical. These solid-state drives completely get rid of the use of a spinning disc. There is nothing moving in the drive, and they're substantially faster. Faster boot times, faster load times. And all I don't know of a business line computer right now that has a mechanical drive available for a normal desktop or laptop. I think you can still get them. You can special request some them, of but the, but like you have to like actually. As recently as a year, they had a couple of model lines where the mechanical hard drive was still an option on like their base base model. But we're getting to the point where you have to like ask for it because it's just not going to be very good. No. Um. So, I'm going to use speed like average speeds just to give you an idea not so much because you know what it because the the end user will know what it means but like a gr- a really great fast high performing mechanical drive might do 200 megabytes per second of transfer and a couple of dozen or maybe even a couple of hundred they call it iops so input outputs per second and that's like that's a screaming fast mechanical drive a the initial solid states that were on they called it SATA. It's one of their interfaces. We're f- between four and five hundred megabytes per second, and we're in the ten to fifteen thousand IOPS or input outputs per second. Well, now we're on NVMe with Generation Five. Those things are getting close to eight thousand megabytes per second and two to three hundred thousand IOPS. Again, the speeds don't matter as much. But I'm giving you kind of a perspective of how much faster or how many scales of magnitudes faster a solid state is over a mechanical drive. And part of why we can't rec- we can't recommend it anything without one. Uh, it just doesn't make sense for the the time and the money. So yeah, as far as technical specifications, that's where it's put at. Some of the other details don't necessarily matter as far as peripherals. You can't get computers really anymore with disk drives. You have to use like external USB for CD disk drives. It's kind of a thing of the past. The laptop screen size is completely your preference you're going to pay for anything past the 15.6 inch size as the de facto big laptop nowadays for the 17 inch is going to be quite expensive even if on a laptop you have those nice business warranties that last five years generally speaking that's everything but the battery Batteries, the, most of the time, they'll have for a two-year warranty, even though your computer's underneath the five-year. But again, they're made to be swapped. They're not that expensive to put in. And even if you are without a battery, now you have a computer with a cord. One way that you can potentially get around that is if you say that you have swelling in your battery. 
sometimes they'll still replace it even after two years. Not that I've ever done that before, but you know, pro tip. We that then I mean that didn't come from us. Wink, wink. Never. We would never. We would never. We would do never. That. Wink, wink. Uh, so honestly, I don't think I've seen a 17-inch business class laptop. There might be on HP or Lenovo, but I haven't specifically seen one in Dell. Um, I see 15.6 is, as you said, kind of the biggest. They and still for most got of our precision. Clients, we said somewhere between 13 and 15 yeah, inch. They, they still got um, precision lines that do 17, and they are crazy expensive. Like they used well, yeah, to have. Well, yeah, I mean, you're looking at like starting at like 4,500 bucks. Yes, that type of deal. It's nuts. Like that's my cost starting at like between four and five thousand dollars. They're they're spendy. All right, and, so, and honestly, at that point, just get yourself the big docking monitors and don't even worry about it, how big the screen is. So before we leave the technical specifications and go to the next mm-hmm. category, I do have to note that this is the guide that we use as a default. That does not mean there's exceptions to the rule. When you have special software, like let's say that you all work with one particular line of business software, contact them and have them send them their minimum requirements or recommended requirements for hardware because they might have something that needs more than we have recommended but don't go less well and so to even to that point that's a good point to bring up a lot of times so like even if you look at autocad or autodesk which is one of the heaviest uh, heavier applications out there their minimum requirements are like minimum to run it not necessarily recommended for maximum performance so that's where like having some conversations around, okay, if we spend an extra thousand dollars on this video card from Dell, but it makes the renders 20% faster every single day, like, okay, well now you're making your money back really fast. Mm-hmm. So again, if you're paying that person a hundred bucks an hour and they can do 10 or 15% more by spending an extra thousand dollars on a video card, like that's a very quick return on investment. Now, next thing in the lineup, and just to bounce off of your little segue there, is when you have this software also, especially if you're in the CAD, graphic design, any of those environments that you have to have a graphic card for, you can't just go out and buy a gaming PC and expect it's going to, going to work. Those graphics cards aren't licensed. If you're using Adobe, if you're using AutoCAD, if you're using, I mean, name the software, a lot of times these companies require for their software to work in full effect that that has to be a licensed card for business. They used to call them Quattro. Sorry, I interrupted. They used to call them, they used to have a name for these licensed cards. Like NVIDIA and AMD are the two big graphics card companies out there. NVIDIA used to have the Quattro line. If it had the name Quattro... It means it's licensed. Now they've changed their naming schemes so they have licensed cards outside of the word Quattro. So check with your vendor, check with who you're purchasing business equipment from, and tell them I the vendor says I have to have a licensed graphics card. That is very important. I think important. AMD was Adrenaline. Maybe? Again, they've changed their name again. Yeah, it's... But you're absolutely right. I mean, you can still buy AMD, uh, NVIDIA Quadros and all of the uh, precision uh, pieces of equipment, so a desktop or a laptop. Realistically, buy as much as you can afford because it, I do believe it's going to give you a really big ROI. All right, so next up on the line of biz is security. So people think that, oh, I, I have to buy Windows, it's going to be as secure as you, as you need. Well, the things that people don't think about is how to access the machine. Do you want something like a fingerprint scanner? Most of the Dell business laptops, they come on the power button with a fingerprint scanner, and that makes it very easy for access and much more secure. You can also have things like uh, RFID key cards where you just tap your computer. You can make sure that they have full webcams to use Windows Hello where they actually 
use your face, the just like your phone does, to look at your face to unlock your computer. Uh, check to see what they have for those to make it easier on your employees. Some environments, like doctor's offices and HIPAA offices, some areas have requirements where you have to have in medical facilities, uh, depending on their policies, you have to have a fingerprint scanner. And it's nice to have it on the hardware. Instead of buying one, you got to plug in the side. Well, and to that, so absolutely great points. The Having the fingerprint scanners and the webcams are really great. One of the other things we strongly recommend is having a, a TPM in all of your computers. And you pretty much can't buy a business class device without them at this point. Remind me what the TPM stands for. I'm drawing a blank and I'm using... I got you, bro. Of course, it comes up with tire pressure monitoring, and that's definitely not it. Trusted uh, platform <laughs> module. It's a thank you. It's uh, a specialized... I knew what it meant until just now. <laughs> I was just wa- Actually, I was just watching you flop there. Again, TPM is a specialized chip on a laptop or desktop computer designed to secure hardware with cryptographic keys. It, it basically allows Windows... And like Office 365 and other outside sources to trust that your computer is who it says it is. So it's a really it's a really valuable chip inside of your computer to basically show identity. So for example, when somebody's motherboard gets replaced with Dell and that person logs in, even if they have the same hard drive or solid state put into that same motherboard, we have to go through and reset all of the different accounts because they all rely on that TPM, Trusted Platform Module Chip, to say that this computer is who it says it is. That way it's not faked and, and uh, you know, hacked by someone else. Exactly. All right, so we, we definitely hit support and warranty pretty hard. Scalability, mm-hmm. I think, comes down to where you're getting your, your equipment from. If you're getting it from a, a smaller business and you have, you know, 50, 60, 70 computers a year, sometimes they can't keep up with the orders that you need. I know that's been a problem in the past with some of the smaller companies. They've had longer warranties, but then suddenly we had to mismatch hardware across the company, and it wasn't really what we wanted to do. Bigger uh, well, players like Dell, HP, Lenovo, they don't necessarily have that problem often. 60 computers to them is a very small order. Yeah, to, to a Dell and HP day. all day, that's a drop in the bucket. People are like, hey, so can you get better pricing because you buy a lot from Dell? And I'm like, okay, so we buy 200 to 300 computers a year from Dell, right? And that's a pretty good amount. But like at the end of the day, they have they have companies buying 300 at a, in an order because they're replacing a hundred, you know, 10,000 computers a year. So like 300 in, in, at the end of the day is hardly anything. The other piece, to me, scalability is partly what you have on your desk, and it's partly are you building out like a server room? Are you able to scale up with how you scope out your your business's hardware needs? Are you going to the cloud? There's, there's a lot of different things that kind of tie into scalability. And it doesn't, that's where you start kind of getting beyond hardware as a strict conversation. That's more of the server conversation, like you said. If you're going to mm-hmm. purchase something and you want it to last five years, uh, when you, at a tip of the hat, get a bad, big contract and your business overnight hits 50, uh, 50% larger, you're like, that's a good problem. I'll worry about it when I get there. Well, it's nice to have that conversation again to, you know, be prepared when that actually happens. I bought this thing, you know, I'm in. Th- two and a half years of my five-year commitment, how can it be upgraded? Can I add more storage? Can I, What can I do to it to make sure it accommodates or what can I add to it? Make sure to have that conversation when you're you're planning this out. Well, and the nice part is, is so for example, we have one office where three years ago we spec'd out a server for him and we're kind of in the conversation of it may not have been quite enough, but they also went from 12 or 15 users to about 25 users and from about 15, 20 computers to about 45 computers. Uh, I actually think he said 59. So they have a ton of equipment running off the, the server that they didn't have 
three years ago. They started in two or three little offices and now they have the entire building. Their scale of growth was a bit faster. And then it's like, well, but you said this would last. And it's like, well, yes, but you didn't say you were going to double the amount of people you had. It's having the conversation around what kind of where are things going. And our, our job is to kind of see as far into the future as we possibly can while not over-specking things like crazy. And the nice part is, is we don't necessarily have to replace the server completely, right? We don't have, it has two year, two, three years left on that device. It's a good machine, but we can add a second one. We can start supplementing. It's not, there's more than one way to skin the proverbial cat and help you get to that business outcome that you're shooting for. All right. So I'll do the last note here a little differently. We have integration with existing systems. Generally, when you replace a computer, it should just be a part of the environment. Unless you're switching from Windows to a Mac, then you'll have some integration issues. And that's more more or less with your software. They should work well with each other. But even if you had to like switch your security method to fingerprint scanners and you have a computer that didn't come with a fingerprint scanner, we can add that hardware to prior existing uh, computers. The more integration with existing systems that I want to point out is... Physical space conversations. If you're going to purchase a computer, especially a desktop computer, I see people do this all the time where they got a good deal, it's really good hardware, they get it in, and they didn't think to themselves, oh man, that doesn't have the inputs to the monitors, that doesn't have the space on the desk it needs to go to. It was supposed to maybe go to an upfront uh, in the you know retail of the business, it needs to be hidden. You know, think logistically of what you need. If you need to go for like a you know nano computer where it's a smaller profile, say six inches across, versus a bigger tower computer computers that you wouldn't necessarily have space for and hardware choices for compliance. Here's a story. I worked in a company. The HR director needed a new computer. She calls in and says, I want a Surface Pro, Microsoft Surface. Okay, let's get it in. Let's see if we can do that. We were at a Dell shop. We bought everybody exclusive Dell. So if you divert from the company plan, that has to be approved by their manager. They're a director, mm-hmm. so they had to get the CEO's signature. And of course, she already knew that. She came with it to divert with what IT wanted to do. She got her Surface in, and we got it set up just to find out that it's not uh, HIPAA compliant, which she needed as an HR director, because it did not have an accessible panel on the back. It wasn't meant to be opened and have the hard drive taken out. At the time, that was the requirement where you had to open the device with screws take the hard drive out at any given moment to keep that compliant for her position. So we got the Surface in, even with the CEO's uh, uh, directive, we had to scrap it and then go with Dell's version of the Surface, which actually, even labeled on their branding, serviceable. is serviceable. No, that, those are all good points. It's uh, it's finding out what makes sense for the business, right? And to be honest, we're getting to the point where I'm less, I care less about what you buy and more that we just have influence in it, and and we help you understand what the outcomes are. So whether that's Mac, whether that's Dell, if it's if you're gonna go go PC, it really needs to be Dell. If you're one of our clients, not because the others are bad. I know a number of other MSPs that love Lenovo and love HP, and that's great. Like they are good products. It's just not what we use, and so it's allowed us to standardize a lot of our automations, a lot of our updates to know how to best work with it. And we know how to push their support, not push their support around, but we know how to interact with their support. We do enough of it that, hey, you know, the battery's swollen. Wink, wink. Yeah, wink, wink. 
we've already done the checks that they're going to require us to do. So we call in and say, yes, we've done these things. Here's what we've done. Here's the screenshot that you need. Ship out the part. And so we're going to typically shortcut that support process pretty dramatically because we already know what we're doing. That same thing will apply to your IT people. If they're not having to deal with a mismatch of low-budget wonders from Home Depot, from Home Depot, they once sold you know, sold buy. computers it, on Christmas. It was like a Christmas. They brought a pallet in. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's desperation on the willingness to sell anything at Home Depot. <laughs> uh, no. At, at the end of the day, listen to your IT people. Come into the conversation with some business goals. And so hardware, we're talking about the endpoint or a server primarily in this conversation. And hardware ultimately does extend a lot further into your environment. It can be copiers, printers, like the switching and access points. That's what connects all the computers to the to the network and to the internet. Your firewalls, there, there's a lot of different pieces that fall into this conversation. And it's not just the computer. But at the end of the day, choose something, stick with it, know it. And 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 then and, and win and and win and right? win. Two pieces to add to that. If you yes. uh, if you have a managed service guy company out there and you're working well with them, try to listen to what they're standardizing on. Uh, not to toot our own horn, but here at Etop, we kick ass. We do great. If you want uptime and you want the best out of us, it's going to be using the the hardware that we're we're recommending because we live it, we breathe it every day, and we're damn good with it. If you have an MSP out there and they're telling you, hey, we're a Lenovo shop, and they're really trying to get you off of the HP because they know how long it takes to get support done listen to them it's only going to help you in the long run really mm-hmm. you know it's it's not that it's just the magic solution it's that's what those people are trained in they breathe every day they have the relationship and they know how to make it work on the spot uh, and, and that's exactly it well and so i'm gonna i'm gonna do one quick thing you were talking about sizing of the computer and i apologize i'm at the end of the day, I still like things to look really nice and pretty and beautiful when they're done. This is some of the conversation and thought that goes into building a system for a customer, right? So we do a lot of Dell Micros, and if we can get a new monitor and a new and the Dell Micro, what we will typically do is we'll quote out a micro stand. So you can literally just slot the PC up behind it, plug everything in. It's got little covers on it, so it makes it look pretty. And so all of those Cables are all tucked in behind everything. It's got a really nice stand, so that way you can very ergonomically adjust the monitor. And there's nothing on the desk other than like a Bluetooth keyboard and mouse. It is a really clean, slick, killer-looking setup, in my opinion. And then, what? Ow! <laughs> oh, you got to cut that part out of the... We have, we have, we're have to remember we have a California audience here, uh, Robbie. So I'm sorry. We have to be, you're, you're known to be as, a little bit careful. You're known as the muted conservative group, I know. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, that's us. Uh, and, and the other part, what I love is if you're going with a laptop, we started doing a lot of Dell docking monitors or hub monitors. And those hub monitors allow you to plug the network cables, all of your peripherals into the monitor. And then you literally plug one USB-C cable that does power, video, all your data, everything into your laptop. You flip the laptop open. You have your Bluetooth keyboard and mouse, and it just works. You beat and me so to my re- punch, friend. That is yes, that is the that is the biggest thing that we can tell you all day long is stop just plugging stuff into a laptop. Have a dock or have the built-in dock to the monitor. And if you're not using Dell, because Dell hardware all works with each other, it even updates the firmware for the dock through the little Dell tool. It's so simple. Mm -hmm. If you're not, you know, good companies out there exist like pluggable. 
you know, make sure you're using Anchor maybe. That's a really good company to use for uh, generic uh, hubs. Great way. Then the way you just have the station, everything's plugged in. You plug that one USB-C cable. It even charges off of it and you go home. So the Dell monitors will do 90 watts. Uh, so that covers the vast majority of the laptops we would sell. The docks we do are typically 130 watts. It's just how powerful that the, the laptop can be. So if you go something that's a little bit more powerful, we'll do the, the the docking stations with, again, I apologize for all the jargon, but it's called Thunderbolt. It's a, one of their transportation, you know, it, it's it's branding, basically. It's USB 4, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, it's hardware needs to be functional, but it also needs to look good, in my opinion, when it's on your desk. So think through both aspects of that. And I it, have happy employees. Spend a little bit of money on the things that are going to keep them productive and working the best for you. All right. So I said two things. You took one of them. Uh, The last one is don't be afraid to let your employee customize it. Allow them to use customizable backgrounds. Allow them to put stickers outside the laptop that doesn't destroy the, the machine. The more they can personalize their device, even though it's owned by the company and it is a company property, the better off you are. The averages out there show proof evidence that if you let them customize even the most minimal ways the percentages of you know intentional breakage or accidental uh, hardware damage to that computer goes down substantially we had an issue a company with uh, that i was with that quite a few employees hundreds we had year after year recorded damages to the computers then we roll out the policy where here you can customize it you're allowed to put stickers the whole thing just be respectful of your hardware dropped in just our company in one year by 27 percent holy smokes that's interesting i hadn't actually heard that before that's my that's my localized measurement there is studies that show you know in the united states big companies when they let them do that it shows in the percentage of you know the teens but still let them if that, that it's going to be their machine for five years stickers are easy enough to clean off they're not permanent uh wallpapers don't hurt anyone as long as they're not offensive so true. I mean, at the end of the day, it's one of those things where we figure that a laptop's pretty much a throwaway device at this point. Not that we try to throw it away and not that we aren't going to try and keep it around if it's a functional device. But if somebody has a device for two or three years, you got your life out of it at that point. So it doesn't really hurt that much. Ta-da. Got anything else, BJ? No. I say that to say I, I have to go uh, quote out some hardware for a, a customer now. So Perfect. Get some RGB colors. Some lights Definitely. on there for them, make it look I'll, professional, I'll, you know? It's going to be super blingy. Uh, super blingy. Lots of, lots. we're going to do a little diamond encrusted with make it pink. Uh, some definite like blue and gold RGB. Rose gold. Rose, Rose gold. Oh, very yes, nice. Like very your nice. iPhone. And I guess we're going to have to go Mac for this now. I'm That's it. Sure I'm cutting this off. Bye, y'all. <laughs>